Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome to another episode of the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Kim Ballard Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And I just want to ask the question, how are those resolutions going? How are they going? I'm still in that phase where things are going well, but I've also hit some life challenges that I've just went through actually yesterday (laughs) and the day before where I can tell you that because of those life challenges, the resolutions for those days went out the window. But I think that that's life. I think that there there are moments in life where we face a challenge. We, We go through something and it's easy for us to get off track of the resolutions that we have set. But I can tell you today, I'm back on the ball. And maybe that's the trick. Maybe the trick is to be able to look at your resolutions, maybe deal with some challenges, maybe deal with some setbacks, maybe even fall off track of those resolutions. But to be able to get to a point where you make a decision, I'm getting back on the ball. Like I am doing it today. Because it is true, the longer that it takes for you to get back on track for your resolutions, the less likely you are to do them. I read something actually earlier today that I thought was really interesting. Someone had put it this way. They said, I don't make resolutions, I make goals. And one of the reasons why they said that is because they felt like New Year's resolutions just puts too much pressure on the resolution itself and is connected to that date. And there may be some truth to that. I mean, I don't doubt that at all. And sometimes it does feel like pressure, right? When someone says to you, hey, what's your New Year's resolution? And if you haven't taken time to think about it, you make something up real fast. <laughs> well, uh, 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 lose weight. Yeah, my resolution is to lose. Stop smoking. That's my resolution, although I don't smoke. But I'm going to stop smoking. <laughs> we, we make them up sometimes. Because we feel pressured to say whatever our resolutions are. Or some people are just honest. And I'll say, well, I I just didn't make any. Because I'm tired of making resolutions and our New Year's resolutions and them falling by the wayside within a few weeks of the resolutions. I mean, typically this is the time of the year where gym membership goes off the charts. This is the time of the year where Weight Watchers is joined by the millions. This is the time of the year where we're buying our protein shakes. This is the time of the year where we're buying books to read or just whatever, daily planners that we're setting goals to be better in our preparation. This is the time of the year where that's possible. And it's exciting. And we're motivated because we do. We promise ourselves that this year is going to be different. But then the year goes by, we face challenges, things happen. I mean, can't we say that that is 2020 itself? We started 2020, this is going to be a different year. I'm going to be a different person. I'm gonna be committed to being a better person. 
But then life happened. 2020 happened. And many of us found ourselves maybe turning back to some habits that we wanted to break. Maybe we started out 2020 saying, I'm going to drink less. And then 2020 happened. And now 2021 is here and we're saying, I'm going to try to drink less. (laughs) You know, we find ourselves back in that place once again. And I I really do hope that you get this. Like one of the things that I I really desire for this podcast to be is for for it to be a place where we can journey life together. As I speak, I just want to let you know that I'm not coming from the perspective of someone who has it all figured out, of someone who has it all together. I'm on this journey with you, learning with you, trying with you, attempting with you, and maybe even failing with you. And I think that's always been one of the commitments. I remember when I first started going into preaching, I had a a person tell me, like, when you go into preaching, don't share your struggles with people. Don't share your wrestles with people. Just be up there and just, you know, allow the presence of God to shine through you kind of thing. Well, my thought is, how can the presence of God shine through me when I'm not being real? And then also, like I said before, when you look through the examples of biblical characters, none of them were perfect. I mean, we can, we can go through the list, right? David, adulterer and murderer. Moses, liar. Moses maybe had some self-control and pride issues. Noah definitely had self-control issues. I mean, as soon as the boat landed, he got drunk. <laughs> you know? So he had some self-control issues right then and there. I mean, we can go through the list of people in Scripture that just struggled. And I think that there's some beauty in that, in the sense of just being able to know that there are people who are just like me in scripture. And I think the message of scripture is that if God could use flawed people to change the world, then he could use someone like me to be able to do so. But in the meantime, I'm not going to use it to justify staying the same. I'm not going to use it to justify staying in my struggle. I'm not going to use it to justify those elements of my life that need work, that need adjustment, I'm I'm not going to use it to just kind of stay in the same place. I'm going to use it to grow. I'm going to use it to develop. I'm going to use it to become a better person. You know, we're in the middle of a series. And when I say in the middle, I guess we're coming into the second week of the series called Launching the New You. Launching the New You. And it's based off of this idea. What is it that we can learn from 2020, implement into our lives so that we can be a better self, a better us, a better me in 2021. But in being a better me, that it actually opens the door for me to be someone who steps into what God has called and fashioned me to do, that I am able to institute change in the lives of others. Because that's a part of making a commitment to follow Jesus. Again, I talked about it a little bit on on last Sunday when I said that that becoming a Christian is more than just going to church. It's actually not last Sunday in the last podcast. But but it's more than just going to church. That that if, if we're just going to a Sunday service 
which is great. I mean, it's a great start. It's a great place to, to go. I mean, in order for you to start your car, you need to ignite your engine. That, right? that's, that's why it's called the ignition. It's, there's an igniting that is happening. You're firing our sparks to get, the car, to get the car going. And then eventually you need to step on the gas pedal to get the car moving. Well, church could be that great igniter. It could be the great start. However, if we never step on the gas, if we never move, if we never go, then we've wasted one of the privileges and one of the callings of church. But then not only that, we, again, never experience the fullness of what it is that God has called and fashioned and created us and made us to do and to be. We miss that. We miss that. And one of the elements of those who follow Christ is if you look at every instance, the one thing that you see that is consistent is an investment into the life of another to make the life of another better. So how are we doing that? How are you doing at that? And is that a part of your resolution? Because I know typically, I'll be honest, typically my resolutions have always been to improve myself, is to make me better. And again, like I said before, that's a great place to start. But, but I wonder if we lose longevity in our ability to follow through on our resolutions simply because the focus of our resolution is us. What if the motivator for my resolution was so that I could be a better person, so that I could be a better husband, better wife, and really implement that, better student, and being a better student is not just about studying, but being in a place where I can help other students to be able to grow and develop and become successful in what it is that they are called to do. What if we expanded the horizons of our resolutions to be more than just on ourselves. What if we did that? I think that maybe, just maybe, we may find ourselves having a greater success in the long haul. It's very interesting that there's a passage that I wanted to read to you. And it has a word that has become very loaded in Christianity. Matter of fact, it's one of those words that pastors tend to not use. We will describe the concept, but we will not necessarily use the word itself. Not always. Some pastors do. And sometimes when they do, they use it in the context that people are used to hearing it in. And so what's happened is this word has become one of those words that sometimes like I said before, we share the concept, but not necessarily the word itself. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Now repent of your sins and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped away. And the word that I'm talking about is repent. Right? Because typically, when we think about the word repent, we see that guy on the street corner with the sign and the blowhorn. Retreat for the kingdom of God is at hand. Right? We see that person when we hear that word. And many times when we hear the word repent, 
there can be a negative connotation, a negative feeling that is connected with it because many times that word repent is connected with judgment. Because many times when they say repent, now what do they do? They begin to give you a list of sins that you need to repent from. And I'll tell you, here's one of the things I've noticed. is for some of those people, the list of sins that they need to repent from, that they give, their, 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 their sin is not on that list. <laughs> because I've seen the guy on the street corner telling people to repent, yet he weighs 450 pounds. But I can tell you now, gluttony is not on that list. <laughs> right? It's not. So, and again, I just want to say this, that this is not to point fingers or anything like that, but I just think it's very easy to be judgmental of the sins for which we either don't see ourselves struggle with, we don't recognize that we struggle with, or they're not a sin for us that we wrestle with to begin with. Like, I could tell you for me, I don't wrestle with drinking. I don't. I could have a beer or a glass of wine, and I'm done. And I'm done. Might not even finish the beer. Might not even finish the glass of wine. But for some people, having alcohol is a massive, massive problem. And I could easily judge that person and say they need to repent. Smoking for me is not an issue. So I can judge someone who smokes. Now, I'll be honest, laziness, that's an issue for me. Follow through on what I'm going to say, that's an issue for me. And I'm sure that if my wife and children were on, they could probably come up with some more <laughs> issues for me that I could work on. So again, it, and, and many times when we see that word repent, like I said, it's, it's, it's taken out of context of the heart that God has for it. Because the, the word repent, it really is, it's, it's a powerful word, and it, it just simply means to turn. Some people will say that it's a 180-degree turn, like it's a U-turn. Like if you're driving down a street and you're heading in the wrong direction, to go back in the right direction, what do you do? You make a U-turn. And then that puts you back in the direction that you really needed to go, to get to where you needed to get to. So that is the Greek idea of what repentance really is. That word repent, that's, that's simply what it means. It means recognize the direction that you're headed in and repent. And you've probably done that. You recognize the direction that you're headed in, and you know what we say? I'm going to make a New Year's resolution. You know what you're doing? You're repenting. I'm going to make a goal to be a better person. You know what you're doing? You're recognizing the direction that you're going in and you're repenting. Now, the thing that you have to figure out is once you decide to repent, what is the direction that you are turning to? What are you repenting toward? And that's why I love Acts 3.19 because it says repent 
of your sins and turn to God. So now I have a direction that I'm going to go in in order for me to grow, in order for me to be able to be a better person. I have a direction that I'm going in. There's another passage that is used a lot when it comes to behavior. And you may be familiar with it. It's referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. Now, it's really interesting depending on who you talk to. Some people will say, well, that passage says the fruit of the Spirit. Meaning that there is a fruit. For example, you think of an apple. There are characteristics of the apple, right? You have the skin of the apple. You have that little, little uh pokey thing that sticks out the top that you've got the apple and you spin and you turn to pull off where the leaf was connected to. <laughs> you have that little part of the apple. Then of course you have the apple itself. You have the skin, you have the meat of the apple, and then you get into what the core of the apple. And inside the core of the apple, of course, you'll find the seeds. It's a little bit more difficult to be able to eat. You know, they kind of, typically we don't eat the core, do we? We, we toss it. But that is all part of the apple. So some people will say the fruit of the spirit, and they will say that there are characteristics that make up that fruit. Now, other people will say fruits, multiple fruits of the spirit. So there's grapes, bananas, you know, different types of fruit. And they will say that the, that the spirit is composed of different fruits. Again, it's one of those things where we can really get caught up in linguistics we can get caught up in wording I think both are good I think both have their points and I'd rather not get caught up in the minute to where I miss the principle so it says in Acts chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 it says but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. So if, if you're living this kind of life, basically what it's saying is you're not breaking the rule. You're not breaking any rules. That's the kind of life you want to live. And if you're living this kind of life, then literally it would say that you are living the fruitful life, which is, again, that's, that's the kind of life that all of us want. We all want the fruitful life. We all want to get to a point that at the end of my life, I can go back and I can look at my life. I can look at the way that I lived and I could say, as I lie on my deathbed, my life has been fruitful. In Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he puts it this way, that imagine that there's a party and now you're 80 years old and there are people at that party and they're talking about you. What would they say about you? What would you want them to have said about you? What would you want them to have said about the life that you live? What would you have want them to said about the, the influence that you played in their life? What is it that you would want them to say? And so he says, figure that out. And then what you do is you begin to work backwards from being that person. You break it down. You, you work backwards. You look at where you're at, and you look at where do I need to get to in order to be able to become that person. I think that that's great advice. It, it's a good start. Let me look at where I want to be at the end of my life, look at where I'm at now, and look at how do I want to get there, the influence that I want to be. 
the difference that I want to make. Let me look at that. Because again, I don't want to get to the end of my life and say, you know what? He was really rich. You know, he was, he was really successful. But my life isn't better because of what he's done. To me, if I reach the end of my life and all I've done is advanced myself, then my life has mattered for nothing. And I wouldn't have gotten the rich nutrition that life is meant to give me. We are designed to be in community. And part of that community is I advance the community. I work together with others to make this community better. But I, I, I love this. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are great places to start for resolutions, aren't they? Let me go through this list of do I want joy in my life? That's a great resolution. And what do I need to do to get there? Do I want peace in my life? That's a great resolution. And what do I need to get there? Patience. Well, y'all can use a little bit more patience. I think one thing 2020 revealed is how I can develop some patience in my life. Because I can tell you, I had some Facebook conversations where I probably should have had a little more patience before I interacted. <laughs> it, it reveals that. Goodness, being a good person, faithfulness gentleness, self-control. I mean, those are all tremendous resolutions to make in our lives. Now, now something I came across that was really interesting, it said this, it said that whenever you see a list in Scripture, that list many times can be in order of importance. So we take this, if that is true, then it also can maybe give us some insight into why our resolutions may not work as well. Because for many of us, our resolutions start at what? Self-control. If I can have self-control in my life, self-control over my drinking, self-control over my eating, self-control over my exercise, self-control. It starts with self-control, self-control, self-control. That, that's where it starts with. But it's very interesting. In this passage, if it is true, that is based on order of importance, the very first thing it says, the fruit that the Spirit produces in our life, the very first fruit is love. Is love. So whether you come from the perspective of it's one fruit, which means the seed, the seed lays the foundation for the fruit, for the tree, then that seed would be love. Or whether you say it's multiple fruits, but there's one fruit that's more important than others, then we would say, again, that that would be love. If we try to practice self-control without having the foundation of love, then it makes sense why resolutions may not last throughout the long haul. And so maybe... The challenge isn't for us to discover what the resolution it is or what the act is that we should do. Maybe the challenge is to get to a point where we begin to discover the motivator behind it. Because there is some truth to this idea that if I am moved by love, then I practice self-control. 
In Romans 13, it says, let no debt remain outstanding except for the continuing debt to love one another. And then it will say, do not steal, do not commit adultery, can be summed up and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what we're told in Romans 13. So self-control starts with love. And so if I'm going to take the lessons from 2020 to apply to my life in 2021, then maybe the question that I might ask is, based on 2020, how did it reveal that I need to learn how to be more loving? Or how did it reveal a lack of love in my life? Work on that. And then the self-control will come. Build it. And they will come in the mortal words of fill the dreams, right? Build it and they will come. But I think it's important for us to ask ourselves, why do I want to have the resolution? Why do I want to learn? Why do I want to change? Why do I want to grow? Because if, if, if I don't do that and I just put action in the place, then my follow-through may not be there. Maybe the reason, maybe it is important for you to lose weight. But maybe the reason might be I want to lose weight so that I could maybe interact with my family better. I want to lose weight so that I can be able to run around with my kids. I want to lose weight so that I don't put my health at risk so that I could be around with my kids. So now I'm losing weight not because I'm standing on the scale and the scale is like, Oh boy, you need to lose weight. Because I can tell you, I stood on the scale and the scale has said some naughty things to me that are just not nice. You know, matter of fact, I wanted to throw the scale out of the window because it was just so mean to me. <laughs> I've, I've had those moments with the scale. But I think it's so important for us to begin to dig deeper to discover the love. And, and I'm moved and, I, and I'm motivated by that. Another passage that I love that when it, when it comes to talk about change in our lives is Second Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 2. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a life of, I'm sorry, let me start that over again. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So here's what happens is I'm mentally, I, I know this verse in another version of the Bible. So I'm saying that version and I'm reading a different version at the same time. Although I think the reading, the version that I'm reading is actually easier to understand. So I say all that and I digress. I apologize to say this. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a holy life or a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption by human desires. You know what it's saying? These are the foundations for you to develop self-control. So 
If we're talking about love, what is love motivated by? Love is motivated by the fact that, God, I want to know you. So then you have to ask yourself, have you prioritized knowing God in your life? Have you prioritized that time with him? And when I say time with him, getting the most out of reading your Bible. And, and when I say getting the most out of your reading, reading your Bible, I'm not saying just reading your Bible for the sake of reading your Bible. But God, I'm reading my Bible because I want to connect with you. Speak to me. Be with me in this moment. And there may be times where you read your Bible and put it down and nothing will happen. But there will also be times where you'll pick up your Bible and, and you'll feel like, God, I needed this in this moment. God, I needed this in this moment. I can tell you now, this happened to me today. It happened to me today. And I'm actually going to talk about it in my message this coming Sunday. Because it really talked to me about faith. And when we look at 2020, one of the things that it talked about or that it has taught us is the need for persevering and overcoming faith. So that passage really spoke to me. And, and sometimes you will have moments where that will happen, where you will see God and understand him in a new way. That's why it's so important for us to pray. What prayer does is prayer opens us up. It gives us an opportunity for me to say God and I lay my life out with God. But not only that, Prayer is not meant to just be me yapping at God. What prayer is meant to be is a conversation. Just like I'm talking to you right now. Although you are not necessarily in this room with me right now, you're not. Matter of fact, as I look around this room, all I see are a bunch of empty chairs. There is no one in this room with me right now. And if there were, and if I saw people, I may need some clinical help because <laughs> there is no physical person in this room. And so when you are in your car and you're praying, when you're in your house and you're praying, when you are at work and you're praying, there may not necessarily be a physical presence in the room. But just as I know that there are ears on the other side of this podcast who are listening, there are ears on the other side of my voice who's listening who cares, who wants to be involved in my life. And so the idea of prayer is, I'm just hanging out with you, God, and I want to know you intimately. So there are times where I have set aside a specific time to pray with God, but there are also times I'm driving down the street and I'll talk to God, I'm in the office, I'll talk to God, I'm I'm walking through the church, I'll talk to God. I'm at the park, I'll talk to God. I'm driving, I'll talk to God. I, I finish my jog. That's actually one of my favorite times to just hang out with God. When I finish running, especially like if it's towards the morning time and the sun is just breaking through the clouds and it's really crisp outside and it's really beautiful. I just love just chit-chatting with God at that time and just sharing my heart with him. That's the idea. And what you may not realize is that in those moments that there may be times where God will reveal himself to you. And it may not be exactly when you pray or what it is that you pray about, but it may be a little bit later in another conversation or through another experience. When you come to church, come with the idea of, God, I'm going to church, but I'm going to use it as a time to hang out with you. And yes, there will be other people that are there. There will be other people that are around. But God, I'm praying that you will use the music to speak to me, that it's our time together. They will use the message to speak to me. 
God, it is our time together. And then not only that, when I bring my friend to church, God, I want you to have the same experience with them. That they will see it as this is my time where I just, I don't know who God is, but I feel like God spoke to me today. I don't know who God is, but I heard something in the music that reminded me of God today. I, I don't know how it will work out, but that's the idea. Because the thing is, to make a resolution, there has to be some power behind it. And the power behind this, according to this passage, is me getting to know God. And the more that I get to know him, the more that I will escape the world's corruptions caused by human desires, the more that I'll develop self-control. And then it says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with, genuine with a generous provision of moral excellence. In other words, that you do the best to be the moral person that you can be. Not only that, moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. So it's interesting. It starts with love and it ends with love. It's a love sandwich. But in between, there's a lot of work that God is doing, but part of that is motivated by us. So I'm motivated to have moral excellence in my life. Why? Because I'm getting to know God. And the more that I'm getting to know him, the more I am moved. And resolutions can be connected to moral excellence. I wanna develop self-control in the way that I eat. It's moral excellence. I want to develop self-control in the way that I speak to people. That's moral excellence. I want to develop self-control and stop smoking. That's moral excellence. Moral excellence is just simply putting ourselves in a place where I conduct my life in the best way possible. And if I do that and I turn towards God, then I've repented. And maybe, just maybe, my resolutions will hold. Well, again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I'm so excited that you're here this morning, evening, afternoon, whenever it is that you're listening. Thank you for letting me be a part of your drive, a part of your run, a part of your chores, or just a part of you hanging out in the room and listening to this <clears throat> incredible voice of mine. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. I don't know where this stuff comes up. It just comes out. <laughs> but thank you so much for the opportunity to allow me a chance to be a part of your life. I really do appreciate it. Again, if you are listening through the website, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is, iHeartRadio, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, you can find us there. And go ahead and subscribe. And once you're there, if you have an opportunity to be able to rate and review us, please feel free to do that. Or go to Apple Podcasts, rate and review us. Because what that does is it just puts us on the radar to be able to be a part of other people's lives. If this is a touch, if this is touching your life, share it with a friend. Say, hey, I listened to this podcast. It's this crazy down-to-earth preacher who just loves to encourage and loves to love us, who's real about his life and real about his struggles. You should check it out. Invite your friends to come and to listen to the podcast as well. Well, this Sunday, we're continuing our series 
on launching the new you. And we were going to talk about that people matter, that their lives matter, that we were going to look at that. But like I said, I, I had a challenge to happen to me this week, and it really challenged me on looking at faith. And I thought, you know what? That's what I'm going to talk about on Sunday. So one of the things that we learned from 2020 is we must have a persevering faith. So what does that look like? So I invite you to come. This coming Sunday, 10.30 a.m. for our live stream. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube. And let's pray that we're over this COVID thing soon so that we can start having services once again out in our parking lot. And eventually one day, we'll move back inside. But again, thank you so much for this opportunity to be a part of your life. Oh, and just a quick reminder, next week is our mobile food bank. If you know of anyone who's hungry or if you're hungry, please come out, get some food. Also with that, bring a dolly, bring a cart because we're, we get large bulk items to pass out to people. But excited about the opportunity of being able to make a difference in our community in that way. So thank you. Like I said, thank you. Quick reminder, encounters about three things. Love up. Let's look at how we can love God more today than we did yesterday. Love out. Let's look at how we can be more loving to our fellow man more today than yesterday. And love in. Let's look at how we can continue to invest in ourselves so that we can grow, so that we can reach those resolutions, so that we can be the best person that we desire to be. Well, again, thank you so much. God bless you. And I look forward to being a part of your life next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us. And we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.